And this weekend, I have no plans. Okay. Uh, well, dude, I can make plans for you right now. So bro. I'm going to plan to avoid the WWE. No, no, I, uh, come no, on, no, come no, on. I can, get, I can make it happen. I might go. I think it's not a bad I idea. I might go. How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited about WWE. There's no question about that. Um, but I would be remiss if I did not start this morning with a raging Cavs erection. Uh, last night, the first preseason game for your Cleveland Cavaliers. LeBron didn't play. Obviously, Isaiah Thomas did not play either. Um, but what's going on with Isaiah Thomas? Like, is that going to be is by regular season? Is he ready? No, 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 no. A regular season opens up in like two weeks. That's man. what I thought. No, so, no, like, no, no, no. no. We're so, talking. We're talking like January. Hopefully, 2018. He's oh ready. God. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a little while still. Oh wow, so I, I didn't know that. I don't expect him to play basketball in this calendar year for the Cavaliers, and, and I'm okay with it. I mean, I'm not exactly thrilled with it, um, but I'm okay with that. Um, really, though, last yeah, night. JR, you got the you know, uh, you D got Rose, guys, you, you, got, you know what I mean? There. They're deep. The thing that I'm going to say about last night was was that the team looked so different than the team from last year. And I mean, like, by that, really, who I'm going to focus on is Dwayne Wade. Seeing him play for the Cavs, like, in a Cavs jersey against another team, like, it, it kept throwing me off. Like, it kept, like, I, I kept not knowing what I was watching. I was like, who, and, and Derek Rose out there? Like, what is that? And then, you know, you've got Jose Calderon and all these other Oh, I forgot teams, about that. And, and Jeff Green and all these different guys who just were not a part of the team. And, and Jay Crowder played a big role last night. Um, and it was a preseason game, so you had a lot of guys switching in and out. And there was, you know... Trying things. Right, and Kay Felder was out there for a big part of the night. And uh, for the Atlanta Hawks, former Canton Charge player Quinn Cook was out there for a big chunk of the night, which was awesome to see. And in a regular season game and playoff game, you're not going to see those guys. But still, um, it was just like Dwayne Wade wearing a Cavaliers jersey just threw me off. Couldn't stop throwing me off all night. Yeah, that would have been a hard look. I love the fact that they gave him LeBron's Miami number. Yeah. Like I, I love that. I, I don't know what I don't know what that means or what that says, but I, but I just I, I don't know. There's something about that that I did like. It um it, it was it was awesome. It really was. It felt like there was a uh, you know a, a revitalized I don't know sports like breath in me where all of a sudden I was like yeah man sports preseason. Well not only that, but now you get the Indians tonight right. against the Yanks. You right. know what I mean? Which uh, that'll be great. I mean the, you know the ALDS starts tonight. That's going to be awesome. I think the Indians probably make quick work of the Yanks. But, I hope so. But you never know. It's the Yankees. You know what I mean? You just never know. It's dude. It's October baseball, and it's the New York Yankees. You just don't know. I um I know that Trevor Bauer is taking the mound tonight, which yeah. a lot of people are questioning that decision. Um, in a five game series, though, I, I guess that makes sense if you're going to have Kluber available for two and five if you need him, and to put Bauer into that number one. He'll be taking on Sonny Gray, who's a really good pitcher. Um, but tomorrow night, when it's Corey Kluber versus CC Sabathia, still pitching CC Sabathia. Like, that's uh, crazy to now me. Now, that's a game I have to watch. Crazy to me. And th- there's not a lot of those in baseball. But that feels like, tomorrow night feels like a game I have to see. Kluber versus CeCe Sabathia. Yeah, it does. Crazy. That, that does. That, that feels feels crazy. I mean, he's been pitching, God. Forever, bro. Forever. It's like Adam, it's like Vinatieri. It's like, oh my God, Like how are you still has out it, there, bro? Has it been 15 years? It's got to be more than that. CC Sabathia, I feel like he was in 99 he was pitching, probably. I think he was yeah. in the turn of the century. Wow, long ass time. I never bro. thought about it, but that that has been a long time. I mean, he was he was so good when he was here. I hear he's still been pretty good since being up there, but like, it uh, it's exciting, man. It's exciting time to be a Cleveland sports fan. It really is. Like, I feel like, yeah, dude. No, there is. There's a, well, you know, we'll we'll get into some Browns later to bring oh. you back down. <laughs> Okay. Right. Right. No, Sashi says everything's fine. So okay. we'll, 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 <laughs> right. we'll give you Sashi's comments at 7 o'clock. So last night I was at Quaker Sacred Lube, gave yeah. away that bike last night with Freedom Harley. It was awesome. Okay. Really good turnout, had a ton of fun. 
But I have to give a member of this staff here at Rock 106.9 a lot of credit. Okay. Okay. I have, when I come, sometimes I come in here and things don't work and I like, and I rage on the radio about it. Right. Yeah, and so I throw people under the bus and yeah, I always do. say, if I'm going to do that, then when somebody does something really well, I have to highlight that. Right. Yeah. And so last night I come to the radio station before going to Quaker. Right? right. And my pass to like, let me in and out of the building is just a little piece of plastic that sits on my key ring. Right. And so I left my car keys on my desk. And then I went to Quaker Sega Loop. I pulled back into the parking lot last night. I realized, well, there's nobody here. Nope. I was the only one in the building. No. Nope. And now I can't get in. Can't take the van home. Can't take the van home because what, why go home? My house keys are inside the building. Right. What are you going to do? Go sleep in the van in your parking lot? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, Which I can't even in. get into the parking lot because I don't have my garage door opener to open the gates. Might as well just sleep in this parking lot. Exactly. And so I is, thought, that, is that where we're going? Stansbury sleeping in the parking lot? I thought that's where we were headed. So last night, <laughs> so like. Call your boy. I'm right down the street. Well, I thought about it, but okay. I was like, it's 10 o'clock at night. He's okay. obviously sleeping. Yeah, He's not I going was. to wake up. Like, I you're was. not going to wake up. And so I was like, I was just going to get more mad calling you going, dude, you're three miles away. Can't come here and get me. And like I, so I didn't know what to do. Like I was like, I was like, well, what do I do? So it's like, break a window. What'd you do? No, so I called the boss man. <laughs> okay, I said, dude, what do I do right now? And he was like, well, calling me and waking me up was step number one. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he wasn't crazy about it. But apparently, he was like, just call the engineer, call Grant, and he'll re- like remote, like log in to the system, and he can let you into the door remotely. Whoa. So I called Grant and I was like, "Buddy, uh, he's like, what do you want?" <laughs> he's like, he was like, "Dude, nothing's broken." Yeah. He's like, "Call me at seven thirty in the morning. That's when I get calls from you. Why am I getting calls from you right now?" And I said, "Dude, I am such an idiot." Wow. I said, "I left for this event and I forgot my key." And he's like, "Oh, okay, no problem." And he totally let me in. So, buddy, thank you very much for being uh, for being agreeable. Waking up in the middle of the night last night for you and. <laughs> Hogging in and let me in. Dude, Phantom, I was so, dude, you know me. In that moment when I pulled back into the parking spot, the amount of rage and anger that filled my body. Oh, I'm surprised I couldn't hear you screaming mf or down the street, dude. Honestly, because, you know, I'm sure you had a good time last night, but remotes are kind of like draining. They are. Like, you're out there. You have to be up for people. You have to be shaking hands and talking to people. And, I and know it's late. You just want to go home. Too, right. right. And, I mean, and, and, and you've been up since 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning. So it's like, dude, I can definitely yeah, imagine. About 4.45. Yes. Pretty, pretty tough out there, so yeah, I, was. I, uh, I I'm, I'm surprised you did not break a window. Oh, I was, through, dude, honestly. I mean, when I pulled into the parking lot, I was like, "Oh God, I'm a rage-filled monster!" <laughs> like I just wanted to go off, like Hulk smash everything in my in my way. I was so so angry. But Grant, thank you very much, man, for. Uh, Forget me into the. I mean, it was under five minutes, and I was in the building. Well, it was there awesome. you go, dude. Honestly, I didn't know that was a possibility. I didn't know they could, uh, they could, you know, skynet this bu- this building and kind of take it over there. But mm, I wonder if that was one of those things I probably shouldn't have said uh, in front of like everybody. <laughs> hey, hack into our building. Come in whenever the hell you want. <laughs> right, you're right. Is that possible? Can they do that? I'll, I'll even give you the guy's name. His name's Grant. <laughs> Log into his computer. Do whatever you got to do. We do have WWE tickets. Six forty five, seven forty five is when you get hooked up with those and more Sansbury Show right. Around the corner, hang on. 1069. A swing of the drive to deep right. Away back and gone. A grand slam down the right field line by Lindor. Hopefully, you're going to hear some more of that out of Hamilton as your try back in action again tonight. ALDS starts. Indians versus Yanks there. Trevor Bauer out on the mound tomorrow, though. Fantone uh, already telling me that's the game I can't wait to watch. You get Kluber versus uh, CC versus Sabathia. I can't wait to see that game tomorrow night. But the series does start this evening with Trevor Bauer on the mound. I know people are worried about that, but it's not last year. 
You know what I mean? The guy didn't hurt his finger this year. Like, I'm okay with it. I think people are just concerned that you're not putting your best foot forward, so to speak, when it comes to your pitching staff there. And uh, I get it. I do. But I think Terry Francona is a pretty good manager, and I think he's got a pretty good pulse on his team. And I think he understands that in a five-game series, having having you know Kluber available um, when he needs yeah. him, that's 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 the most important thing. So. As if Trevor Bauer's not totally capable of winning you a game. He totally is. He is. He is. There's no question he is. I mean, I don't feel uncomfortable with it. I'm not right. like, oh, dude, I don't know about this Trevor Bauer guy. Yeah, it seems to me like, yeah, put him out there. The alt-right-hander right there. Be interesting to see that game tonight. You know, it's one of those things. I want the Indians to win. I really do. Right. But <laughs> for Major League Baseball, the better story is the Yankees. Like the better, the best thing for the for the league itself is for the Yankees to be really good. Um, to be really good, yeah. But I don't know if even, the Yankees make the World Series. That's better for Major League Baseball than if the Indians do it. Um, if they win the World Series and turn into a powerhouse, I would agree. I just feel like it'd suck for the MLB if you have the Indians, who have been a really good story this year. Um, if you know they get bounced out of the first round and then the Yankees get bounced out of the next round, and then yeah. it's like, well, what was all that for? It's just one of those things where it's like certain franchises matter more to the. Sport. It's like the NBA. The Celtics and the Lakers matter more. And if you can get those teams good, it's just it's more attention on the sport and it's more positive attention on the brand. I want the Indians to win. I think they win easy. I think that honestly they dismiss the Yanks pretty easily. And I think I said it last year and I know I was wrong. I think the Indians do win the World Series this year. But if I was the Major League Baseball commissioner, I would be sitting there going, oh my God, man, we got this kid here in Judge now in New York. Big, hits, what, 52 home runs in the regular season or whatever it was. Like, he, you know what I mean? Like, this is what we, this is what we need. We need the Yankees to be really good and really powerful. But as a tribe fan, I, I think the tribe wins easy. Um, people are already talking about, well, what's LeBron? What's he going to do? What hat is he going to wear? And I bet you a dollar he's wearing Indians gear tonight, right? Up in the box. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. We've, oh, I mean, we, yeah. We, we've seen who you really are you're, well, a, you're a Yankees fan dude and so now that you left and you came back like dude you're not like I don't fall for his I, I'm coming home I'm all in on Northeast Ohio BS snow job with people I don't buy into that do you care that he's a fan of I don't the care at all I don't care at all but he is a Yankees fan he's not a Cleveland fan so to pretend that he is honestly it it it, it rings false to me and it makes me like him less like be who you are just be who you are, dude. You what happened was is you wore a Yankees hat. Everybody got on you, and you're a new age millennial that can't handle it. And so now you're like, go tribe. And like, dude, he's one of these guys. He just is always looking to cash in on everybody else's spotlight. Like everybody else's spotlight. When the Buckeyes were there, what did he do? Took the team down there. Let's be there. Let's be towards that. That way everybody's talking about me some more. And then the tribe, oh, I'll take the team to the game. And then that way everybody's talking about me some more. He's a cash in on the spotlight type of dude. And dude. Just play in all your NBA games and win, and then and then the spotlight will be on you enough. I don't care that he's a Yankees fan, but don't pretend to be a Tribe fan now because they're the hot thing. Like you know what that's called? It's called a front runner. It's you know you're a bandwagon person. I don't want that out of LeBron James. If you're going to speak openly and honestly about things that are going on in the world, then you can speak openly and honestly about who you root for and what teams you like. Don't pretend to be an Indians fan because it's easier during the season. Do you think that you know as a young as a young person, it's easier to be a bandwagon fan in the sense of like 
you know, you're coming up, and of course you're not going to like the Indians because at that time they sucked, and nobody was ever like That's telling you to be an Indians works. fan. That's the way fandom works. Well, but I mean, like, it can change over your lifetime, right? I mean, you can kind of like look back on different teams and, and, and kind of change how you view things. I've changed my views on the Browns definitely as I've become an adult. Like, when I was younger, like, not even younger, I'm talking like five years ago, six years ago, not even that, I was an optimist. I was like, every time, like, yeah, dude, that's going to work, that's going to work, that's going to work, where now I think I've grown up a little bit, and I'm kind of like, eh, dude, I see, I see the sport a little different. No, I think what's happening is LeBron's growing up a little bit and realizing, you know what, if I act like I'm all in on this, it, it quells down some of the hatred people have for me. Fair. And that's totally what it is. And that's what makes him a little bit of a coward in this regard. Just do be a Yankees fan. If you're a Yanks fan, be a Yanks fan. I don't need you. You know what I mean? Like, and you're making a decent argument, though. Like kids nowadays, I was just telling my buddy this over the weekend. We went to the Browns game. And I said, the problem is now you don't have to be a fan of your hometown team. You don't have to. Yeah. You, you have Twitter. And so like you see 30 second videos of Odell Beckham Jr. And so now you're a Giants fan because Odell's awesome and your local team sucks. Like building new like these fan bases now it, out of the teams where you're from is harder than ever before. Yeah. I mean, but LeBron's not part of it. As, as as somebody who's, you know, watching the NFL, you know, Red Zone Network, it's exciting. And it's like, dude, I'm not watching. I, I'd much rather be watching a Patriots game versus a Browns game. So, yeah, as, as younger people have more options, I would totally, I would assume that's going to quell the. Uh, I mean, he's a Cowboys fan. Like, this is what LeBron is. LeBron is a brand fan. Like, as long as your brand is big, he likes it. But if it comes down to like the team and roster and are you good and this and that, he didn't care about that stuff at all. He likes the brands. He likes the clothing. He likes what looks cool. He's, but he's not an Indians fan. Like he's just not like he's proven that. And, but there will be though, it'll, it'll be the ALCS, probably the world series. And he'll just be up there in those private seats. Just cheesing. Just look, look, Cleveland. Don't hate me. Don't hate me. I might stay here. I might stay here. It's just it, dude, it reads. So false. I love the guy. I get accused of being a LeBron homer every week on the program. but And I love him. But, I mean, he is what he is. A man was found dead, and I'm a little suspicious of what happened here. A librarian, Simon Smith, 38, was found dead in a cupboard Okay, in his apartment. They say that he was trying what is referred to as breath play, where okay. it's erotic asphyxiation, essentially. Mm-hmm. And you wear a mask... And it will increase the feelings of giddiness, lightheadedness, and pleasure. But obviously, it can lead to your death when you lose control and you're starved for, ox- uh, you know, for, for oxygen. So he failed to show up to his job at the library. He's a librarian. And they sent people to his apartment. And then sure enough, they found him in the cupboard wearing a black leather mask. Now, this is across the pond. So... Are they using cupboard in a way like that? That's the part that gets me. I get dudes wear masks and try to masturbate like that. I get. Oh, I mean, like, but are they talking about a pantry? Yeah. I mean, how did he get? I mean, because I kept all night. I was like, how did the guy shove himself in a cupboard? I I mean, you probably shove yourself in like a cabinet. I don't know if that they might be using those terms interchangeably. I think that I I think that's what's that has to be what's happening there. Um, and and this isn't that uncommon. I mean, like the concept of breath play is like, I mean, dude, how many how many celebrities have killed themselves this way? Yeah, didn't that guy from Kung Fu do it? Yeah, yeah. David Carradine, right? Dude from NXS as well, and I mean a bunch of other dudes too. And I wasn't wasn't that one of the things they were worried about with Chris Cornell was like, well, was it suicide? Yeah, because like you can hang yourself right. and do or this. Was he a choking bit. himself, J and O, right there. They
They say there is nothing to suggest that this was an attempt at suicide. His history of depression does not appear to be a factor in his death. Layton said Smith died from attempted sexual asphyxia and said the proper correct verdict is one of misadventure. The obituary given for him described him as a jack-of-all-trades who had previously worked in a local garden center, Baker's, bowling alley, bank assist, meaning this dude right. couldn't keep a gig. <laughs> meaning he couldn't keep his hands off his Johnson long enough to keep a job long enough. That's why he's a jack-of-all-trades. Dude, when I die, just please make sure nobody lists me as that. Because jack-of-all-trades says to me, yeah, dude, couldn't hold down a decent job to save his life. We do have a four pack of WWE tickets. We'll get you hooked up next on Rock 106. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. We have a four pack of WWE tickets. We'll pass those out here momentarily. 1 800 243 7625, the number you will need on those. Las Vegas police are coming out and saying, look, we're shutting down these rumors that there was more than one shooter. There wasn't. We got the guy. We're done. We've seen all the videos online. We've seen all like the the, the conspiracy theorist stuff. There was one shooter, is what they claim. Um, I buy that. I think that the people who are posting stuff like that are going to be like, well, what else would they say? Of course they're going to say that. Yeah, of course they. Are. Well, it's, they're they're going to be the same people who are like, well, you know, cops lied about this and they lie about this and they lie, lie about this. I just don't know what the motive would be to lie about a second shooter. Like, I don't know why they would lie about that. Like, I understand, like, when that cop does something wrong and the other one lies for it, like, protecting their own, but there's no reason to protect a second shooter. That's where the real conspiracy starts, people oh, are going to claim. The That's government. what they're going to say. Oh, yeah, That's the, what they're going to say. The government did it. Uh, whether it was, you know, it was it was for gun control debate or whatever it is, there's going to be people that say that, dude. It was, like, the next day after that happened, I can rem- I was looking and saw, like, people who were like, oh, character actors, look, that woman crying right there. She wasn't even really there. I don't even know if that really happened. That's the same woman that was at Sandy Hook. Oh, I know that. Yes, as if there's not a brunette that looks similar to somebody all over the world. I also saw this all day yesterday. There's somebody like made a meme out of Stephen Paddock and it says, so let me get this straight. He gets 400 pounds of equipment up 30 floors, sets up a concealed sniper nest, disarms fire alarms and other security systems in a place at a casino, removed a window that's 800 pounds of hurricane proof glass. I don't know if that's true. Then for 10 minutes rained in aimed fire firepower, all with no training whatsoever and with no motive. Well, one of the guys, like there was a there was an Iraq war veteran who says he was like a couple of floors underneath him in the hotel and heard this thing go down and says he heard him have to switch weapons, like stop, pick up another weapon and fire. He says I heard the caliber change, like I could hear the kid the difference in the caliber. I'm going to trust an Iraqi war veteran on that. Sounds now, right, 400 pounds of equipment up 30 floors. I saw a guy say this to me yesterday. You know, my dad's 64. He can never carry all that. Your dad couldn't press the elevator button in a casino? Like, guys, people bring routine. routine, This is what I say the first day after this happened, is that if you've lived in Las Vegas, you've seen this, where people will show up to those casinos, and it takes like six guys from the front desk to carry all the stuff upstairs for them. All kinds of people traveled there. I know he was a resident there. They don't know. They don't necessarily know that. know that. The bellhops don't know that. Right. They're just going out to the car and grabbing stuff. Now I don't know that's how he did it, but I know a sixty-four-year-old guy could press the elevator button. And I, you, nobody walks up thirty floors in the casino to get to your hotel room. I, I would like to know where all these numbers are coming from. Four hundred pounds of equipment. Eight. You know, blah blah. Well, blah that like, I don't know. And, right, right. Are, are you just making up numbers here? Because to me, it sounds like when you say hurricane-proof glass, what is hurricane-proof glass for in Las Vegas? I, I'm not sure now. 
see, I don't know if it's Why? hurricane proof, but I will say, like, having lived there, they talk about it all the time on the news when a new casino gets built, is that earthquakes are a part of the problem out uh, on the West. You know what I mean? And so what they, they do have, like, shatterproof glass to where if the building starts to sway, like, the glass won't break inward towards the hotel. When you're making your meme with, like, scientific facts there, then you should probably say earthquake-proof glass as opposed to I would agree. proof Instead of just making up numbers of 400 pounds of equipment, I, I, how much how much I don't know that any of this is true. Exactly. And that's kind of the thing is that like, and, 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 and you couldn't carry up those guns three different times. You couldn't carry a bag of guns up and then carry another bag of guns up and then carry another bag of guns up. Why couldn't that happen? I mean, if you stay in Vegas a couple of days, you could be in and out of your car, your valet. I mean, do 10, 12 times. If the first thing he did when he decided, hey, I'm going to start shooting down at these people is take a shotgun and blast through that window. I mean, like, it's not, even if it's bulletproof glass, there's still going to be something that he could have done to bust that window out. I would think. I don't know if he shot through it the first time, if that's what happened. I don't know if you can shoot through those and, that I don't know and we're if and embodying a lot of this of like well maybe it was bulletproof maybe it was hurricane maybe it was gl-, you know what I mean like to, to throw that around and for people to share that like this is definitive proof of some vast conspiracy other than just a nut job that, that went wrong here that that I mean that's and that's what we're dealing right, with right. that's all we're dealing with and you know we found out now like he had been stocking ammunition for years he looked he went to Chicago to another festival to look at this this was somebody determined to do something awful and he did it You know what I mean? I'm not... If you're that determined, you will get something done. The glass does weird me out. Because I wonder, and have I seen too many movies? Did he circle hole out, like, like you know, cut a hole out of the glass and then aim the rifle through there? That I don't know. But I, I mean, I've stayed in... Just about every casino. As a matter of fact, I've stayed at the Mandalay Bay. And, like, do those windows, they don't open because they're out of fear of people jumping out of them. Um, and they're very, I mean, they're, it, I mean, you could tell looking out of them, they are very thick. If you took the time for years or months to stockpile this ammunition, to stockpile these weapons, to make sure that you had the most deadly weapons that you possibly could, I think you could probably do a Google search and figure out how do I blow up a... Oh, well, dude, he was a millionaire who lived in Vegas. Right. He probably knows somebody in the building right. world who could tell him what was put in places. I, I, I'm sure I'm sure if you did the, the legwork, you could probably figure how out how to How hard could that be? I, I bet if I did 10 different Google searches, I could find out who built the Mandalay Bay and where they had to buy the... That's probably all public record. This is This is... It's just like anything else. Dude, you see a video on YouTube and it's got dramatic music behind it, and you're afraid from from just from the situation alone. Sixty or fifty nine dead people, like yeah, there's a sense of like intimidation in America right now. So you're susceptible to like, oh my gosh, dude, is this what happened? You want answers? They're not out there yet because it's going to take time to find it. So we just start sharing crap memes like that, dude. It's ridiculous. I'm being told the glass was broken, not removed. It was not bulletproof glass. The police said he used a hammer to break the glass. Which, if you look at the window from the photo looking out uh, out, you know, from outside the building looking in it didn't look like it was removed tactfully it did look like it was shattered like that smashed out like that i had not heard about the hammer but that does make sense that would make sense to me but you know people are like how do you carry it all up there nobody in the history of las vegas has walked 30 flights of steps to get to their hotel room trust me as a guy who's like lived out there like sitting there waiting for the waiting for the elevators is one of the worst parts of that whole experience elevators huh boy that's fancy (laughs) come on guys now this is a decent point i don't think that this is what's happening here but this is a decent point i'm hearing from uh, from twitter that sometimes facts are withheld from the public for the purpose of an investigation that is totally 100 100%. percent 
accurate. That does happen. I don't believe that's what's happening here, but maybe I'm wrong on that. And like I said, I mean, with this- if they were still looking for another shooter, they would want the public's help. They would say, "This is who we're looking for. This is the description." It, there'd be an APB out with this sense of of insecurity, and with the sense of insecurity that we all have right now. We all want an answer. We all want something definitive. And when they don't offer it to us, and rightfully so, I'm not entitled to that answer today. Like we start making up our own solutions. Right. There. I mean, that, that's, that's exa- how it works. You're looking to explain away madness, and madness cannot be explained away. It was, in fact, an act of madness. I uh, I feel awful for that sheriff, dude. That Joe Lombardo. I feel like I've seen him on the news a couple of yeah. times. How about I like him? I, oh yeah. I mean, how about I like him? How about like? And I heard him the other day. He, he and he corrected himself a couple of times. Because he said body count on the air, and I rem- like you could see it in his face. He realized like, oh god, the media is going to get after me. And, I, and like I went to Twitter immediately, and people were like, look, oh my god, insensitive. And it's like, no, guys, that's a sheriff, and he's in the middle of a press conference. And what happened there is he starts then talking the way sheriffs and police guys and women talk to one another at the scene. And that that's the way they speak, and like just like this is where where it is, and it's not necessarily for public consumption that way. And he misspoke; he wasn't being insensitive. You put you put microphones in front of people, and really, this guy is you know focal point of the nation, kind of right now. He's the mouthpiece of all this, where we kind of get the information from. There's going to be hiccups along the way. This dude's not a a media personality. This dude is not used to having cameras on him all right. the time. So I, I can't fault he, him at all for that. No, he was using procedural language. In in a press conference, which isn't the greatest, but it's not indicative of like being insensitive to the situation. I am being asked about this, and I don't know a single thing about it. Apparently, there's two pictures with the tattoo on one neck and not the other. Like Apparently, there's two different pictures of this guy, and one has the tattoo. I don't know anything about that. Don, I'll look into that and try to figure that out. That much I don't know about. Um, they say, why not check bag and the bags and luggage like at an airport? Uh, Sarah, I would imagine Vegas is going to look at that, and I believe now they've, they already have, right? We, we doing that at every hotel? We doing that at every hotel across America. That's the problem. Right? I is, mean, like, like... Is that... Dude, remember after 9-11, people were still bitching about how long it took to get on an airplane. Is that is that exclusive to Vegas? Is, could that Or could that happen in Cleveland? Could that happen in Canton? Of well, course it could, It dude. could have happened at Chicago where he had a hotel room reserved. On first Friday, you've got thousands of people walking through downtown Canton. The McKinley Grand is right there. So unless you're going to have a, a bag check at every hotel across the country, what are we talking about? I, yeah, I just don't think that's the way. And I, I just think when, who, who's gonna, the, the um, uh, people don't understand the amount of foot traffic inside of a casino day in and who, day out which which high roller which person who has a, a considerable amount of money and therefore wants a considerable amount of privacy would stay at a las vegas hotel when they're having their bag search as they walk through the front door right. nobody dude a lot of those nobody. whales come over with like armed guards you know what I mean? And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if checking the baggage is going to be the answer. Um, th- there's going to be a lot of throwing things at the wall and see what sticks here. But the tinfoil hats are out in full uh, full regard. I, I just I don't believe right now. I haven't seen anything that makes me think there was more than one shooter. There be more and more information should be coming out over the next few days. And maybe I'll change. I'm not saying definitively there was not. As of right now, everything I have seen does not lead me down the path that there was more than Stephen Paddock responsible for all of this. We do have a four-pack a family four pack. Family four pack. Of WWE tickets for this Saturday at the Canton Civic Center. We'll take caller 20, 1 800 243 7625 on those. Start hour number two of the program next on Rock 1069. The Stansberry Show. Rock 1069.
Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9, online at WRQK.com. During the break, we did a little, uh, well, I want to call it investigative <laughs> journalism. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, you know what? I had to explain that to somebody yesterday. We got into that yesterday. As I said, you know, back in the day, the media blamed Marilyn Manson and video games for Columbine. I'm not trusting the media on who to blame right now. Okay. And a guy said to me, you are the media. And I said to him, I was like, no, that's the problem with this country. And hear me out, all right? Because this is the truth of this. Is that back in the day, I would have considered to be an like somebody who worked for a media company, but would have pointed you to the news department for factual info. What has happened is viewers and listeners have started to view opinion heads like myself as the media. Companies realize that and exploit it, and that's why we have the fake news culture we have now. Um, That's exactly why. I'm not necessarily media. I know you think that, but people don't. I'm That's what like, I'm saying. Like, That's the problem. Then it's going to be very hard to separate. Oh, we're never that. going yeah. back. We're never going. I'm just saying, but that's the truth. That's what happened. Is that back in the day, a guy like me would be like, and we'll go to Joe Thomas in the newsroom. And like Joe would be like, you know, tell you the facts. Okay. And then I would just be like, ah, eh, this is what I think happened. You know what I mean? But now it's like, ah, well, pff, you have a microphone, media. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's... The viewers have kind of changed that. Companies realize it, exploit the living hell out of it so they can make money, and now we all have the fake news culture. That's what happened. But now, like, as I was saying, like, dude, I don't think there was a second shooter. Now Joe Lombardo, the guy we were, like, talking about how much we like him and how he's handling the whole thing, says, do you think this guy accomplished this all on his own? Self-value? Face value? You got to make the assumption that he had to have some help at some point. And we want to ensure that that's not the answer. Maybe he's a super guy. He was working out all of his own. But it'd be hard for me to believe that. And I think this is where you start seeing statements like that. I think is where you start seeing people go, see, second shooter. I don't think help necessarily means second shooter. Did somebody maybe help him get all the things upstairs? Did somebody maybe help him plan it, acquire everything he needed? Maybe. Yes. I don't believe that that means second shooter. And I mean... The sheriff in there said assumptions. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I can understand why you would feel like, no, there probably was somebody else involved with this. That makes sense. And why you, as the investigator of that case, would uh, go down that avenue. That 100% makes sense. But when when somebody does hear that, it gives them that, like, well, that's right, dude. It is the conspiracy. And, oh, my gosh, it was hurricane-proof class. And, oh, my gosh, maybe the government was behind Yeah, because people take one sentence and go, this, this solidifies what I've been saying. I must be right about it. And here's what this is. You know why you're looking for a second shooter? You know why you want to believe there's a second shooter? Here's what it is. It's your fear. You are afraid that one person could be this dangerous. You're afraid. And so your fear looks for, let's let's explain away how one person could be this dangerous. And I'm just here to tell you, one person can be this dangerous. I think this is another example of Sheriff Lombardo not being necessarily savvy when it comes to being on camera. He's probably just going off of the cuff of like, yeah, of course we're looking into another person because we're cops and we're responsible and we're investigating. You go this. all roads until you find out. Right, right. And at this point, you know, he's, he, I'm sure, just like exhausted and overwhelmed. And, I, you know, I'm not going to fault this dude for that. I, that's, it, it's, it's probably not the right statement to make, but I can't come down on him for no, it. No, I mean, he, he can't take into account. It's like I always say, I'm not responsible for what people hear. I'm responsible for what I say. If you walk away from this conversation or any conversation on this radio show thinking I said something that I didn't say, that's on you. I can't be held accountable for that. Or I, here's what I'll say. I won't hold myself accountable for that. Fair. 
And nor do I think Joseph Lombardo should hold himself accountable for what people take from his words. And I don't think that help means automatically he assumes that there's a second shooter. I think he would have said that. We looked into this tattoo thing. Somebody asked me on Twitter, what about the photo of um, Stephen Paddock? One has him with the tattoo, one doesn't. And we looked at it. I don't even think it's a tattoo, right? It just looks like... It looks like he's got the gobble-gobble skin of an old dude around the neck. Yeah, somebody said that, well, one one picture he's got a tattoo of the number 13 on his neck and another one he does not. And uh, first of all... This guy so, doesn't look like somebody who has the has the number 13 tattooed on, on his, his neck. On his throat, like right here, too, like on his Adam's apple. Not like on the side of his neck, but like on his Adam's apple. Like, so, like he just got out of Lompoc. That's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. And like you look at it and you're right, it is like old dude neck. It is like, all right, well, you got some wrinkles there because you got some jowls going on there. Um, um, no, so if that's if that's your proof of conspiracy is is the neck tattoo, um, I, dude, I, I guess there's no help for you. I'm also being told it's obvious by the audio of the gun rounds and in, in, in the video that there were two different shooters from two different points. Obvious it is, yeah. Okay, I, I have not. Okay. okay, so again, I'll point you to the Iraqi war veteran who was two floors underneath him who called the cops, and the cops called him back ten minutes later to say they got him, but that guy called. And said, hey, look, this is happening. And he said, they, they interviewed him, and he said, look, I remember him stopping, grabbing another weapon, and you could hear the difference in the caliber. He's like, you know, and I would imagine an Iraqi war veteran is probably versed in multiple guns. Right. Right. I would I assume I don't know that, but I, I'm assuming that the military does that and that, it, you know what I mean? He had what, 30 some 34 guns, I believe it was in the room. I don't think it's out of line to assume there were multiple calibers and he used two different weapons. I don't I haven't seen or heard anything that doesn't mean it's not true, but I have not seen or heard anything where two different calibers are being fired at the same time that I have not heard or seen. But I don't know that. I mean, I guess I don't know. I guess it's totally possible that two people are doing this. I just think the hunt for two different people is, A, people want to believe the government was in on this on some level, and B, you are afraid that one person could enact this much terror on an entire community. And I'm here to tell you, they can absolutely do that as one person. I just believe that. But I could be wrong. But I have not heard that audio where it's obvious. Yes, you could be wrong, but all evidence points otherwise, dude. I mean, like, I get Get it that like there's anything could happen with you know all possibilities, but like dude, evidence points to the contrary of that. So I, I don't feel bad saying that like I'm going to go with I'm going to go with witnesses. I'm going to go with police. I'm going to go with with people who are investigating the situation, actually doing it versus crap I see on the internet. I um. You know it, it it is one of those times though, right? I mean, how many times have we had like a conversation on this program about well, dude, you can't just automatically believe what police say, right? I mean, we've had a million, you know what I mean? So like for for the sake of the other side of the argument, no, no, you- right? And and I I think we're being told the right stuff. I really do. Maybe I'm naive and I guess that's possible. But I mean, that is the other part of the coin. That's what people are going to say is like, well, wait a minute, dude. Like we've seen now for like, you know, years that there are people who just, you know what I mean? Like the cops lie. Healthy dose of skepticism on everything. I will 100% agree that look through everything with a critical eye, um, but I'm looking at it through with a critical eye and I don't see the evidence of that. I don't see the motivation of that. What are the police? So all those cops are lying. So all that, I mean, like, I I don't know. Oh, Jeff brings up a great point. He's like, you have to take into effect the echoes from the buildings around him. You know what? And honestly, Jeff, that's a great point. I wouldn't have thought of it. Off the top of my head, wouldn't have thought of that. 
And that is a good point. But that would happen. Sound does you know, radiate that way. Well, of course it does. And when you don't know where it's coming from, of course there's going to be witnesses on scene that are like, it's from there, it's from there, it's from there, it's from there. You have no idea where it's coming from. Um, so, uh, dude, it, this is, I, I mean, it's like 9-11. It's like Sandy Hook. It's like anything else. When there's something so big and tragic and, and devastating, you do look for the answers. But, dude, you're not going to find them on some on some Facebook video. That You know what I mean? Like, Here's what I can tell you. If you spend too much time on the internet, you can go down a million and one rabbit right, holes. Right. I mean, like, before long, it's just like, dude, get me out of this spinning madness. Um, before we get off this subject, and I do want to be the one who brings this up because I think it's, as, as a liberal, pretty important for me to do here. Um, Hillary Clinton was wrong about silencers in this case. How she said that, well, silencers would have made this so much worse, and that's why we can't have silencers. That's blatantly false. Yeah, that, that is, is blatantly untrue. false. That is untrue. People think silencers are from the movies where it's like, pew, pew, and that's the only sound that it makes. No. That is not what's happening with a silencer or with a gun. She was wrong about that. That 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 needs to be noted. Joe brings up another good point. It's also possible for one human being to fire two weapons at the same time. It is. I, I you know, it, I, I believe it would probably make you less accurate. I don't know that. I, but we but, know accuracy wasn't the issue. Here. Right. He when was you, firing into a huge crowd of people. To a sea of 20,000 people. Wasn't trying to target a person. He was what? just trying to create madness. And you could do that by firing two guns at once. That's what they said about those, Um, about the thing that, oh God, what do I, I keep losing my name on this, the, 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 the stock barrel, the thing that, or that they can. Make bump for, stock. Bump stock. That, it, it's, you lose all accuracy with that. But when you have that, you don't need it. You got 20,000 people down there. It, it, yeah, it's about to fire at right. that point, not necessarily, you know, what we're firing at, which again, I, I you know, I, I know I was on the, we don't need more gun, you know, restriction yesterday, but if people wanted to look into those because of what we just said about that being true about those, I guess I couldn't be like, well, no, we're, I'm, I'm staunchly no. I mean, I'm all got, for a conversation. And granted, these are politicians in, in, the, in the wake of a tragedy, but you've got people on the right who are now talking about, like, well, is that, is that it? But if they've already sold, I mean, sold those things for years, is it really going to matter if you stop selling them tomorrow when there's already been thousands upon thousands of them sold? I mean, I mean that's, been, that's been the anti gun or that's been the pro gun argument forever. It's like, dude, you're not going back and getting all them back. But I mean, I guess at least less of them out there is probably better than more. That's of what them. people are going to say, um, sure. And I saw yesterday, I think it was uh, 19 or something that said this, uh, 21,000 machine guns registered in Ohio. Yeah, I did in see Ohio. that. In Ohio. 21,000, that's, that's a lot. crazy. Now, you know, Jay White would know, and I know he listens every morning. I want to know, because I don't know, what constitutes machine gun. Because again, like I was saying yesterday, assault rifles, once you take the stock off of it, you're holding a handgun. Like, that's essentially what you're holding. It just, it, you know, it, it just looks different, looks a little scarier, and they do make you more accurate, which I know anti-gun people would be like, well, dude, how accurate do we want people to be? And there's an argument for that. But I don't know what constitutes, there is an argument for that. Yeah, but, but I don't I don't know what constitutes machine gun. So when 21,000 are registered here, I don't know exactly what that means. If you have a gun, I want it to be accurate. I don't, I, I mean, like, and I guess I'm I'm probably more logical than a lot of people on, on my side than this, but like. Well, right in the wake of this, you are. Right, but like I, I, it's not, it's not that I'm like anti, like, like having being able to have the guns that you need, and I want them to be safer. Like that's not, that's not taking your guns away. That's a fundamental difference. There is like I'm not saying like, oh, nobody can have them. Nobody can. See now you're making sense. Right. See now you're make, making sense trying to meet people in the middle, dude. And you know you, you just, you, you, you just, well, you can't do that. They say also here the sounds of bullet hitting the pavement will throw you off. Jay has already gotten back to me. Says, um, you know, uh, I've listened to the audio several times. A second shooter is not obvious by any stretch of the imagination. He says, with the very little training the military gave me, he's like, I could have done this, you know, pretty easily. 
You know what I mean? So there you go. It's like I, I think one person is totally – it's totally possible for one person to have done everything that happened in Las Vegas. We have another four-pack of WWE tickets. 845 is when you get those. Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos have fixed the meeting culture in the workplace. We'll tell you how they did it next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here for Wakem Subaru. October is Subaru Loves Pets Month. To celebrate, Wakem Subaru is making a commitment to pets and animal rescues, and they're asking for you to help out too. Visit Wakem Subaru all month long for a donation drive with the Second Chance for Animals, a local pet rescue. Wakem Subaru will be collecting much needed items for Second Chance, including dog food, cat food, cat litter, blankets, collars, leashes, cleaning supplies, and gift cards to local pet stores. Drop off your supplies at Wakem Subaru now through October 31st. All donations go directly to Second Chance. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9, 845. Another family four-pack of those WWE tickets. That event two days from now at the Canton mm-hmm. Civic Center. Countdown is on, my friend. Yeah, I know. Your, dude, your WWE erection is... <laughs> hey, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself after this, dude. Saturday's like the highlight of my month, and I'm just going to be like, oh, Touch it. Oh, oh wait, wait, what? Oh, <laughs> what? Who are you most excited to see Saturday night? Um, it's a really good lineup. It is. It's the night before Hell in a Cell, so I can guarantee oh, you there will be good matches. Guys are going to be working things out with each other. Um, there's a couple of dudes. Uh, number one, Shinsuke Nakamura. He's going to be taking on WWE Champion what, Jinder wait, Mahal. What's his name? Shinsuke Nakamura. He's okay. a, a Japanese. I, for a week, I thought you have been saying Shinsuke. <laughs> no, I was like, what, ow, did, 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 he, what did he like? bump his leg on, on the turnbuckle? He's the king of strong style right there. Um, also exciting. Uh, to see Randy Orton at a Why house Why do I show. want to know what strong style is? Oh, it's the Japanese fighting style, dude. <laughs> it is. It's like, you ever seen uh, Ungbak, the, the the Muay Thai warrior? Hit a lot of elbow strikes, on knee strikes, things like that. I'm just going to say yes <laughs> to make this faster. Yes, I absolutely have. It does, like, anytime everybody, anybody's asking you, have you seen this on the internet? Yeah. Oh, yeah, just, I've seen that. Please, yeah. whatever you do, don't take out your phone and jump. So, Randy Orton, it'll be exciting to see him as well. Bobby Roode's going to be there. AJ Styles, Kevin Owens. I'm excited for the whole thing, dude. New Day's going to be there. Oh, those are the bootios, dude. Yeah. Oh, and Becky Lynch, the Irish last kicker. I'll be talking to her a little bit later and uh, get an interview in with her. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting times here, bud. Yeah, I'm not showing up for that. (laughs) No, surprise, surprise. I'm not. No, uh, I'm going to relinquish the controls to you. You can talk to Becky Lynch. And me and the 20 million can avoid it tomorrow (laughs) at 645. So Elon Musk, the guy behind Tesla. Yeah. And Jeff Bezos, the guy behind Amazon. Okay. Have a very similar meeting style. Now, I have said multiple times that there needs to be more meetings in the building I work in now because, well, there aren't any ever. And I believe that if you, like if something's going to happen, you get every single person that has something to do with that in the room together. You discuss it. Everybody go at the end. So you're doing this. You're doing this. You're going to do this. And we're all on the same page, right? Ready, break. And then the thing gets done. Um, I will agree with you that this building probably could use some more meetings, or at least meetings that you and I are a part of. I feel like we're kind of uh, you know ostracized from some of those things, maybe for a reason. Um, but it, it, the problem is, is that those meetings are often unproductive, and like we'll go in and we'll sit there, and it'll be like, all right, well, what are we doing? Nothing, nothing changed. Nothing's different. We just sat here for an hour. There is no, there's truth like, to that what? too. Like that can happen too, and that's kind of what Elon Musk is saying here. Like in the middle of a meeting, I guess he just looked at somebody and said, "You haven't said anything this entire meeting. What are you doing in here?" And his point was, look, I don't have time to be nice. 
I got to get things done. Right. And so, like, if you're just in this meeting just killing time and wasting everybody's time, get out. Like, we'll, we'll handle this. Listening? You know what I mean? I agree with that. Listening? That you could probably learn some stuff, um, right? And pick up some things. At the same time, if you're not being looked at as like, yo, I want you to be a listener, I want you to be a contributor, after, if your boss is like, no, I need you to be involved, I need you to be vocal during this meeting, and you're just sitting there on your hands not taking ownership of things, I see how that could be a problem. You know, he was kind of like, you know, maybe this meeting's too big, I think was his point. Like, okay. why were all these people invited? Only the people who need to take place in what's happening. And Jeff Bezos from Amazon has a great system. And every meeting he has, he runs it on the two pizza system. Two pizzas! That's right. That's how Stansbury lives his life is the two pizza system. Dude, they, they, they try to bring Stansbury one pizza. No, I need two of them. <laughs> that's, that's damn right. Jeez. Pizza, pizza. Uh, yeah, that, double it up. Two K's, two pizzas. That's how your boy was raised. Okay. I was raised in that. All you know right. what I mean? All Back right. when they used to come in one bag, long form oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, they did, dude. And that, you'd rip that, that paper open. Oh, God. Caesars right there. God, dude, oh, my like food that. addiction goes back a long ways. <laughs> <laughs> but Jeff Bezos runs his meetings on a two-pizza system, meaning if I order food for this meeting, two pizzas better cover it. And if if, if the meeting's any bigger than that, there's too many people in it, and we're not going to get anything done. Okay. I was just like, I was like, dude, is he being a cheapskate about no. this? Like, you're a billionaire, but okay. Uh, if if there's, you know... Like, let's say here, like an event th- that this show is going to be involved in, right? right? There should be at most five people in that meeting. Yeah. Me, you... Our immediate boss, the sales boss, and the promotions person. That's five people. Yeah. If you get maybe six, if you include the the account rep who's going to be tied to the account, right? Under so, ten for sure. Under ten. Under give, 10. give me six people sitting around a table though, getting all of the details finalized so everybody knows when and where, what, who, when, and everything that has to happen. Like, I believe in, in meetings. I believe that you learn more. Because what happens with email, Fantone, is people go, well, I emailed it out. My part's done. And other people might not check their email. This might happen, this and that. Have a meeting. Everybody bring a pen in. Let's figure <laughs> out when, where, what is happening and get it done. Dude, the boss is already here. He's not listening anymore. I, I don't know why you're yelling at him now. I know you're trying to, but he's already in the other studio. Well, normally what he does is he <laughs> listens to this show to figure out how to get better at it. And so, like, I'm trying to maybe, yes, I'm speaking to my boss <laughs> through Elon Musk. And Jeff Bezos, I am trying to, yes, I'm trying to get things done. I Yes, I will tell you, that was selfish of me right there. That last segment was all about telling my boss to go to hell. It's exactly what that whole thing was. So you know what? Let me bail out of that so I still have a job tomorrow. So I still get your show, and we'll be right back with more of it. Hang on. 106.9. And Ramirez clobbers it. Deep right. It's over. Heisey's heading off the wall. The Indians score first. Ramirez in the second with an RBI double. one nothing Cleveland. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9. Indians back in action tonight against the Yankees. ALDS game number one. It's nice. Now, I, people have been asking me about this, and I didn't know anything about it. But apparently there's some viewership problems with the Indians games. Like, apparently somebody told me game two will not be able to be seen in Maslin for some reason. I, I think it's only on... MLB Network tonight. I I can't remember what the exact details are, but I think there is some sort of an issue where it's not on Sports Time Ohio. That's strange to me. You would think I would just imagine playoffs, ALDS, even the divisional series isn't nationally televised. That's I don't know. I I just didn't know that. That's that's weird. Wouldn't that make it the only sport where their playoffs aren't nationally televised? 
Fox Sports Fox Sports One FS One tonight is is what is seven seven thirty eight first pitch on Spectrum. That's at channel three seventeen. Game two tomorrow. Yankees at Indians five oh eight first pitch. Um, oh, exclusively on the MLB Network. Wow. I don't even know if I have the MLB Network. I, Do I? I, I? Well, yeah, I think I do because they. I, I sometimes I, I watch that show Whip Around. That's on their network. I'm pretty sure I have it. Wow. I'll tell you what to do. What's that? You know we'll be able to put, probably put it on the TV for you. Who's that? It's TDs. Ah, I like it. I bet TDs will be able to do it. You can also catch Fantone there this Sunday watching the Browns game 1230 to 230 there. It's going to be a good time, dude. I'm telling you right now. It will indeed. It's a possibility they can win. Maybe. I'm ready for this series to start. I, I, you know, I'm not the biggest regular season baseball guy. I, I just think 162 games is probably a lot for me to stay invested all year. But playoff baseball is awesome. Once you get to October, it's awesome. Like, it, we'll just look at the game the other night between the Twins and the Yankees. Twins go up three nothing early, and you think in a lot of sports, game over. And then that game, sure enough, the Yankees come right back. There's something about October baseball that just feels special. There's just something about it I like. Yeah, and it's crazy to think that number one, we're already in October. Like Jesus, <laughs> number number two. Yeah, that um, is crazy. It's just crazy because I think over the past couple of years, I guess with the Cavs and the Indians making big runs, it feels like those seasons lasted forever. Where you know years yeah. passed, this was the end of the season. There we were was already no done. Second season, there was nothing else to look forward to. And if the if the Indians are to make it to the World Series, it just shortens up that off season so much. I just can't believe we're at like another like. All right, here's the second season. Here's where we're going. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm very excited to see what happens. I think the Indians make a very deep run, and I think they have a very, very good chance to win the World Series. Fair. I guess the people are saying that the AL, um, what the CS will be us in Houston. Is, is it Houston that people think it's going to be uh, them and the Astros? Is that what I hear? Because one of the guys in the building is an Astros fan. He's from Houston. Really? And oh yeah, Jeff's oh. from Houston. Oh yeah, yeah, I think I did know that. Yeah, he was. Uh, he's a born and raised Houstoner. There, he came to us by way of North Carolina, okay. but like originally yeah, he's from, from Houston. I remember when Harvey hit; like he was worried about his parents, like trying to get them like in and out of there and that whole thing. Which his family is safe, thank God. But um, yeah, he's a Houston fan, so okay. he and I have already started. Uh, We've started some uh, little trash talking, little trash talking and betting. Maybe that's, that's there, maybe, well, there you that, go. that's maybe happened on that. Hugh Jackson came out the other day and says he full on believes in and Isaiah Crowell believes in him. And I said I could if I if I remember correctly, I had said that a successful season for the Browns this year would be keep Deshaun Kaiser upright all year, meaning he's your starting quarterback all year. You get a thousand yard rusher out of Isaiah Crowell. And you win four games, and I felt like that was a successful year this year for the Browns. I think the thousand yard rusher thing might be a little hard, man. I mean, dude, what you're five games in, and dude, your boy's not doing too good. No, I mean he's had one game in those four games. I think he's run for like what, like a hundred and twenty something yards. He, dude, he's no. got a two point nine yard average. Oof. Oh, that was. I'm sorry, that was Sunday against the Bengals. Nonetheless, dude, I mean. I know four yards, and Joe Thomas did a really good job of explaining this. He's got 134 yards through four games, and is that? Oh, I'm sorry. No, he is averaging 2.9 yards per carry, tied for 44th in the NFL. That's awful. I mean, atrocious. And 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 you look at the Browns, and this year, one of the things that it was the two-headed monster coming out of the back, where you've got the we got you do the crow's gonna Duke. fly, right. and Duke, and right, and now you got Duke Johnson, leading receiver on the Cleveland Browns, dude. Duke Johnson, leading receiver on the Cleveland Browns, dude. That's 
it's ridiculous. Yeah, it Hugh is. Jackson's getting fired. And Isaiah dude. Crowell can't get up over three yards a, a, a carry. And uh, I, I, Joe Thomas did a really good job of explaining it's not so much the yards per carry, it's the efficiency of the game. If you're getting first downs, that's better than a four-yard you know, per carry average. If you're getting touchdowns, that's better. But unless, unless I mean, he's doing yeah. none of the things. Scores. He's not scoring. He's not getting first downs, and he's not running the ball for any length of time, dude. For a guy who is who is focused on his on his numbers, a guy who is focused on getting paid next year, on a guy who has made it his whole his whole thing is I think about the money before, during, and after the game, dude. You better start thinking a little bit harder because that's atrocious. His yards after t- after contact, it's embarrassing, dude. It's just like the guys hit him and boom, down he goes. Now, see, I agree with that. Isn't that guy's giving up? Like everybody says to me, like Scott says it, Scott from Winning for Next Year.com says it, everybody. Well, they're not giving up on him. Well, isn't that indicative of giving up a little? Well, and, and, well how long are you going to go? Well, I mean, I guess we're talking individuals versus the team where it's like Kenny Britt and Isaiah Crowell. I feel like they've both given up. Have, I they, do, they, too. They, they both are like, I think Kenny Britt's not even debatable. No, Kenny Britt came here to steal money is uh, well, what with, happened. With Isaiah Crowell, at least it's like, well, is it is it a lack of effort? Is it a lack of skill? Is it a lack of, of opportunity? Because let's be real, some of this has to fall on Hugh Jackson, too. Because, a lot of it. I mean, he's just been piss poor when it calls to when it comes to play calling. I mean, just terrible. And so at what point is it like, well, did you give up or are you just not able to get the job? Yeah, on? I think Hugh might be one of these things, dude, where you find out guys are coordinators and they're not head coaches. And I know the coordinator's the one that's going to be calling the plays and all that stuff, but maybe if that's all he was focusing on, he'd be better but do we maybe getting and I like Hugh Jackson and I believe that he can communicate with young players in the NFL today I believe he speaks their language and I believe that he does know the quarterback position I don't know why I believe it but I do and but I think we might be it might be time to admit like Hugh you're a coordinator buddy well I mean whether you are in the head coach role and you have an offensive coordinator or you're playing that role of offensive coordinator and head coach somewhere along the line you have to decide, well, where does the buck stop? And it's on your desk as the head coach. That's it. End of the end of it, right? For I mean, all things. You are accountable for what is happening right. for your team, everything that happens on your team. And if you can't get the production out of them, if you can't get these guys to, to get more than, you know, half a yard after point of contact, like, what are you doing? I, I'll tell you what I hate about this, is that what we're going to do, and this is just an estimation. Is they're going to get rid of this guy, and then they're going to try to get the next big thing from the college game to come in here, and he's going to fail too. Like, it's just, dude, this is, I mean, dude, we're in it. We're in, what, a 15-year rebuild? Um, I mean, you'd fall ass backwards into a six-win season just by accident. Um, Now, I think, what was it, 0-2 where they were in the playoffs? So that was their, that was their ass backwards. Um, but Okay, well, that was 15 <laughs> years ago, oh, bro. Dude, right. So, like, I couldn't, I can't get one more? <laughs> it's, um, it, it's frustrating, but at the same time, it's predictable. Like, I just, I just, I just, every time, and it's sad at this point, I love watching Browns games because I love laughing. Like, I love, like, mocking it. And, like, I don't know if I'm still a fan or not. I really don't. Like, where am I? I won't watch any other game that sucks. Okay, let me ask you this. If you were to move out of Ohio, let's say, you know, you get another job and you move out of Ohio, are you going to the bar so you can see the Browns game? Yeah. Okay, yeah. you're a fan. Yeah, and even though you're terrible, a terrible, even though I'm laughing at it, I, I yeah, I'm going to. It. I remember, dude, when I moved to Oregon, we got NFL Sunday ticket for the bar because my brother was like, "Well, dude, we got to see the Browns," and I was like, "David, do you have any idea how much this is going to cost us right? to watch a team get like shelled <laughs> every single day?" 
Man, they're not good. They're not good. And how long can you kick this can down the road until it's like Hugh Jackson, the buck is on your desk, man? You know, Todd writes in, and I think he's making a great point. He said, Stansberry, there's not that many coaches that can handle being both the head coach and the offensive coordinator. He needs to focus on just being the head coach and hire an offensive coordinator. Todd, I got to agree with you. I think maybe it might be time for that. I guess maybe if you can get Josh McDaniels to leave the Patriots for his first, you know, yeah. his, or his second chance at like a head coaching job. I know it didn't really go well in Denver, but if you look at NFL coaches, it's normally second, third job is where they pop. Belichick didn't pop until his third job. And actually, it wasn't until Tom Brady hit the field until that happened. And so I, I think, you know, guys got to take a swing and then they got to go back, work a little bit longer, and then they come back. I would look at Josh McDaniels, but I don't know if. I mean, do Belichick's, what, 70? And they got a quarterback waiting in the wings there. What would make him leave there? I wonder if those two dudes, um, Bill There's Belichick, a deal in place, I think. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, I wonder if they're thinking of themselves sitting 2-2 two and two right now. Like, like, why did we not man, go out on top? Retired. Man, we should have retired. Man, we should have retired. Been saying it. I've been saying it. I think they I think they end it together. When are we going out on top, dude? When is that happening? When are we going to end this thing together? Well, I'll probably go out on top of another human being. <laughs> Just sweat. Pass out. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> Heart's going to give out before these three, you know, pleasurable pumps you were about to get. All right. I got more bad news for O.J. Simpson. Okay. Yeah, more bad news. Right. We'll uh, we'll tell you what that is next on Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. Rock 106.9. We'll pass out another four-pack of tickets for... The WWE event, eight forty five is when you're is when you're getting those. Oh yeah, we will, baby. Boys excited, man. Front row t- seats. For you. Yeah, for me. For me. I'm I was sorry. gonna say, yeah, he yeah, uh I've he has he, he has acquired front row seats. We were passing out seats, but I don't want anybody walking away thinking that and then getting mad at me about it. Unless I need somebody dropping the people's elbow or whatever the hell it's called on me in the parking lot. I'm glad you know the terminology, buddy. <laughs> like, I think from 20 years ago when The Rock was in there, yeah. I think we might have a uh, closet fan on our hands, possibly. Stansberry? No. Sitting in the back row with a mustache on, trying not to be noticed at the WWE live at the Canton Civic Center, possibly. No, like I said, Meg White and I went last time it was in town. We were both just like, what are we doing here? Yeah, dude, you gotta get somebody. If you, if your if your WWE fa- like partner isn't wearing jean shorts, you're gonna have a bad time. Like you have to go with somebody who's gonna enjoy it. Well, we thought what we would enjoy is being together, making fun of it, <laughs> and then we and then we were like, yeah, all right, maybe not. And so we went back to the bar, got a little bit more wine. I haven't talked to her in a while. I wonder how she's doing. We'll find that out. So OJ Simpson is living in this like. Really nice house in Las Vegas. Like he's right on the golf course. He's a golf fanatic, and like he's uh, and, and he's like right on the golf. And it's huge. This house. Where's uh, where's the juice getting his money from? I thought he was broke when he went into jail. Is that? I mean, I thought. I mean, I, I mean, is he celebrity broke? Okay, that's you know fair. what I mean. That's it's fair. it's probably one of those things. And um, I'm willing to bet there are people who are willing to give him money right now in okay. the hopes that he'll be able to find somebody to pay him to do something at some point. Okay. Which he will. If he, and if he wants it. There used to be a race for the first interview for him. But now TV networks fear no, the advertiser backlash is going to be huge on this. Apparently his associates have been shopping his first post-prison interview. Okay. But one TV network says it is treacherous. I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole, says another. 
It's an interview. You're not giving him his own show. I, I, I see that. They're asking for a seven-figure payout for an interview with Simpson, who was acquitted, you'll remember, in 1994 for the murders of Nicole Brown and Ron Goldman. Ended up serving nine years for a botched 2007 robbery in Vegas. But sources say that ABC, CBS, NBC all stress that they will not pay for a Simpson interview. Really? Which would violate news division standards. Multiple large cable TV groups, including A&E, Networks, and Discovery, have also passed. I can't believe this. Really? I can't believe this. Are you going to have... Anytime you put on any type of show... I always say this. If anytime you put on a really good radio show, there's enough reason to fire the guys who just did it. Because there's there's going to be enough decent conversation in there where under the letter of the law, you'd be like, all right, that's a little close. Get out of here. But there's going to be some advertiser fallout for putting O.J. Simpson on the air. But the eyeballs on your brand are going to outweigh it, I think. And there's going to be brands that don't care, that are just going to be like, yeah, I don't care. Just as long, Dude, if people are watching it, I don't care. Yeah, there's definitely going to be people who feel that way. Um, would it would it justify? I mean, a million dollars up front, a million plus. You said seven figures. It's seven like figures. Yeah, you know, it's not like it said just a million dollars there. So you factor that in into what would be lost revenue of that time slot because you lost advertisers, and who knows how long you lose those advertisers for. I mean, so at that point, you probably are talking about, I mean, because, I mean, to run a spot during an, uh, a high-end commercial or a high-end program like that, it's going to be pretty expensive. A lot. So if you start factoring in all that money together, is this just an assets and liabilities conversation where it's like, yeah, dude, we'd get people to watch, but we wouldn't get so many people to watch that it buys that money back for us? I don't know, dude. I mean, I know, like, we're not CBS, obviously, or NBC News or whatever, but... I mean, there's no bigger guest I could get, right? Well, you're not charging Super Bowl rates for those ads. I mean, because you just don't know. You don't know what the the the, the you don't know what the viewership's going to be. You can make the gamble of like you know well, the Super Bowl is going to be. Watched. You can kind, but I kind I can kind of tell though, right? Because I mean, dude, that trial changed the nation. And how we cover stories. Like, honestly, OJ kind of let us down this oversaturization of the news story of the day. Like, that was, dude, the OJ trial started all of that. But the, like, that thing that FX did, that, that 10 people episode, OJ yeah, the people, dude, that was one of the most heavily viewed things that year. Yeah, so a lot the, of people watch that. So the interest in OJ is still there. Like, I mean, you said to start this conversation out that you understand not giving him his own show. I don't. I, I can't believe that. I can't believe A and E's not going to be like, well, wait a minute. We're not going to. We're going to pass up a chance to make this much money. I think you. I dude, I think you'd laugh all the way to the bank putting OJ on TV. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people are like, now you know what? Like enough. We've been back and forth with it a hundred times. We know he's guilty. Let's move forward. Maybe. I, 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 I don't think so. The, the point of that with saying I, I I can understand why you wouldn't give him his own show is I think the backlash for that's more severe than the interviewing him. Right. Oh, I would the agree with that. The yeah. Oh, yeah. Is like, hey, this is a news story. Hey, this is a topical thing. Yeah, and I could see an advertiser going, dude, fifteen weeks really of this. Right, like right. you're gonna do this. Like now I'm in bed for this. Like a, and a, a one hour you know expose on like what it was like to be in prison. 
I could stand behind, but like reintroducing this guy to the world as like somebody that you can look to for celebrity might not be the best. I could see that. I um I can see the juice in Canton, Ohio, dude. I can't wait. I'm telling you, next next year to the Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame, they're not doing anything. Oh, with him. I'm telling you, he's show. I mean, he's gonna show up, right? How do you not, dude? How I want him not? to live here. I want him to live in like the Hall of Fame village. That's I want that more than anything in the world. As one of, and That's, I think it's it's undeniable to say, as one of the greatest running backs of all time, I, I, I think you can yeah. make the argument of who's number one. You can say it's Barry Sanders. You I mean, say it's Isaiah Crowell. I don't know. <laughs> if you add in guys who have played running back and killed people, he's the number one. Number one, hands down. <laughs> number one, hands, hands down. down. But, you know, I, I think there's no way that he, at the end of his life, isn't going to want to be surrounded by his peers, that he isn't going to want to get that recognition of, like, yeah, dude, it wasn't just the uh, the movies. It wasn't just the murder trial. You were great. And I think that that... that there's that, no way. That light is too bright for him to stay away from. There's... I'm saying I don't think there's a bright light. I don't think the... Dude, there's no way the Hall of Fame wraps their arms around O.J. Simpson, right? Like, there's a very big difference between keeping his bust and his jerseys and stuff in the Hall of Fame versus now he's out of prison, we'll make you part of this. Any different Any different than giving him his own TV show, right? I mean, like, why wouldn't you have him in the parade? If you're going to have him in the Hall. <laughs> All right. I, I'm going to say this, and I don't know if I'm right about it or not. All right. But I expect TV networks to be sleazy. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, the Hall of Fame, dude, that's an esteemed... Establishment connected to the NFL, and dude, they're all about protecting the shield. The NFL, it's a shield league. But, 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 those American flags flying out in front of the Hall of Fame right now show that there is a line between the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the NFL, dude. That's one hundred percent clear today. Yeah, you say that. I, I don't know if I walk away feeling that. You don't. You don't. I mean, you don't think that it was in response to what's been happening. I with think the NFL? it was. Don't punish us for what current players are doing we're about the hall of famers i think it was definitely that i don't yeah i, don't I guess I, I guess it was i mean it was designed to be a distance ourselves from the story it was i don't think it was necessarily an f you i don't think but it was we're that. but we're not this right all right i just do the negative prep the juice is loose coming because out here's the thing. Avenue. No, because here's why here's why it's different. Is because the viewer, and it's always the viewer. It's never like the TV person, the radio person. It's always the viewer that's wrong. And I'll tell you why I, why I say that. Okay. Because the viewer will be out there boycotting the Hall of Fame for wrapping their arms around them, and yet that that same viewer goes home that night and watches the reality show. Oh, my God, how could you still let it be in the Hall of Fame? And there you are with the remote in your hand watching the show. That's how. Is because the viewers never what the viewer says they are. If they never have that thing inside of them that they claim that they do. That, oh, no, I'm going to stand by this. No, you're not. You're a weakling inside like the rest of us. And But that's, that's why. And I think people like me expect TV networks to be sleazy and to get down in the dirt with this. I, dude, I want an OJ reality show. To Dude, I gotta him. tell you like this: if everybody else is afraid <laughs> to interview OJ Simpson over media backlash, I'll do it. Okay, you asked the company for that million bucks. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll talk to the juice. He can even tell me what questions I'm allowed and not allowed, allowed to ask. I'll tell you this: this is what I know for sure. Talk about media backlash and you know advertiser backlash and this and that. If I had OJ Simpson on the show, that would be the best. That would be the most downloaded podcast I've ever had, for sure. So. 
Dude, TV, if you're afraid of the juice, you can bring him right here. Your boy, dude, I'll tell you what, dude, we'll make him the third member. I, dude, I will put the juice yeah, in right here. there for him. Now I will keep all cutlery away from him. <laughs> I'm not letting him put you know, butter on my bagel or anything like that. But I would talk to the guy for sure. Another football player, Cam Newton, got himself in a bunch of trouble over something he said at a press conference. We'll give you that and WWE tickets at 845 on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever! Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here for Wakeham Subaru. October is Subaru Loves Pets Month. To celebrate, Wakeham Subaru is making a commitment to pets and animal rescues, and they're asking for you to help out too. Visit Wakeham Subaru all month long for a donation drive with the Second Chance for Animals, a local pet rescue. Wakeham Subaru will be collecting much-needed items for Second Chance, including dog food, cat food, cat litter, blankets, collars, leashes, cleaning supplies, and gift cards to local pet stores. Drop off your supplies at Wakeham Subaru now through October 31st. All donations go directly to Second Chance for Animals. Also, if you're looking for a new cat or dog, make sure you visit the pet adoption event at Wakeham Subaru. It takes place on October the 21st. Second Chance for Animals will have dogs and cats available for on-site adoptions that day. Plus, if you buy a new Subaru this month from Wakeham, a portion of the sale will be donated directly to Second Chance for Animals. That includes the Forester, Outback, Legacy, Impreza, Crosstrek, and WRX. All available this month at Wakeham with zero money down and all come with all-wheel drive. That'll be important here as winter starts to approach. In the last 10 years, Subaru has donated nearly $14 million to animal rescues. All month long at Wakeham Subaru, it's Subaru Loves Pets Month. Find out more at Wakeham.com. 106.9. And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. 845, another four-pack of tickets for the WWE at the Canton Civic Center. That's Saturday night. We'll give you all hooked up, 845. Also, we'll let you hear from Cam Newton how he got himself in a lot of trouble at a press conference. Oof. We'll play you that audio as well at 845. Now, however, Fantone, you know what I have here that always makes everybody angry? What is that? Everything? Uh, just, uh, just all the things? I'm so angry about them! Everybody gets all angry about this. Okay. Every time it's announced. But I have the 2018 Rock Hall nominees. These are not the people that are going to be in. It's just the list of nominations. All right. So this is the short list of, of who's going to be in. And yes, dude, I, people are going to lose their minds. I don't even know who's on this. I have zero clue. And it's going to turn into, oh, it's not rock and roll, Stansberry. That's okay. not rock and roll. And I agree that, 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 there are, that there are musical groups in the rock hall that are not rock and roll. And what I say about this all the time is this. It's a hall of fame. So it's a music hall. Don't get bogged down in the rock and roll name of it. It's a music hall. Otherwise, it could never stand and it would never make enough money to be there. So I know last year was like NWA was one of the ones, right? right? People were like, that's not rock and roll. Well, NWA, as a hip hop fan, bucked the trend. They were in your face. And they were aggressive, and they were. It was about uh, you know uh, the underground. That is all rock and roll mentality. 
It may not be loud guitars. It may not be Marshall Stacks, but it was the rock and roll mentality. Yeah, I think that's very fair to say because when you go back to when rock and roll was really incepted, it's not like it was, you know, it Against wasn't Metallica. The system. Right. It wasn't it wasn't like so aggressive. It was it was it was bucking the trends. It was it was it was zigging when other people were zagging. And I, I would think it's fair to say NWA, they they zigzagged a lot there. NWA did enough for me to put them in a musical. And I that's the way I look at the rock hall. As a music hall, and uh, dude, I've been in the Rock Hall. I was part of a, I was part of an exhibit that was in there from a former radio station I worked at. There was my name in big black letters in the middle of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I was never more proud in my entire life, except actually when they put my name on the marquee here hey, at the Pro Football Hall of go. Fame. There you go, dude. I've been in both Hall of Fames in this in, in this state. I like it. Your boy likes that, right? So I have the list of nominees. Bon Jovi's on that list, and Bon Jovi should be on that list, right? How's Bon Jovi? Like people were like, I don't know. What, what do you mean you don't what know? Do you mean, what do you mean you don't know? Dude, Slippery When Wet was one of the best-selling records of that era. I mean, you could go uh, through the Bon Jovi catalog and probably put together a three-hour show of songs. You know? Oh God, a yeah. Two three-hour show. There. Two and a half for sure. Right. Of just of just hit records. Um, it's insane. To think that he wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, that that band wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, and honestly, I'm a little surprised of like what's taking them so long. Well, How are they not already? In again, this? every time this conversation comes up, I always tell people you got to spread it out, otherwise we're talking about a five year plan and then just shut the doors. So you got to like spread them out. That way, it's a big event every year. I'll tell you another band I absolutely love that is going in is the Cars. Okay. Which is so good, dude. Rick Ocasek was one of the best songwriters of that era. So good. Short, punchy. Again, much like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Don't bore us. Get me to the chorus. And they were excellent at that. They were really good. So that one I can live with. I'm not going to give you all of them. I'll give you a couple of highlights here. Depeche Mode's going in. Probably did enough for that era. I would imagine Depeche Mode probably did enough for that era. Yeah, I mean, once again... It was Personal Jesus, right? Was that them? I mean, that song was everywhere. That song, this song turned people into Depeche Mode fans who hated Depeche Mode. I mean, dude, I remember this is still when I was watching MTV a lot. You could not get away from the Depeche Mode video. It's a good song. It's a damn good song. The Eurythmics are on the list. I like that one. Jay Giles Band are on the list. I like that one. LL Cool J. Ladies love Cool J there. And LL, yeah. I mean, he was a pioneer of that of that genre of music. He's a pioneer of hip-hop. Yeah, remember when LL Cool J was like angry and pissed off all the time? And I was like, dude, man, I want a Kangol hat. I want one of those. And then it was like he started making songs for girls. And I was like, I don't know if I need this anymore. I'll tell you a band that's on this list, and we don't have any of their music in the system. Don't even bother looking. But I'm not sure that they're they're cool enough. They were good enough. I'm not sure they were popular enough to get in. Is the MC5 out of Detroit? Like they were damn, damn good. That's a damn good band, and influenced a lot of bands I love to make music. I'm just not sure that they had enough of like panache to get in. The Moody Blues are on the list. We'll probably get in. Here's a band I don't like, but I think deserves to be into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Radiohead. That's a band I don't really like. 
I don't hate Radiohead or anything. I just don't really like it. And I think a lot of people lie about how much they like Radiohead. But I think that they've been big enough. Oh yeah, to I get in. I, I think they're certainly worthy of it. Um, one of my buddies in high school loved Radiohead, like always playing Radiohead in his car. And I was like, dude, this kind of sucks, but you've got good weed, so whatever. Dude, I don't care. I'll come with you. <laughs> Let's take a look at us who is in here. The Moody Blues. Oh, Judas Priest on the list. And I would agree that Judas Priest deserves to be it. Now, here's one of these things about music. Where every era, there's like two. And you're either a bigger fan of one than the other. My dad told me this about when he was growing up. Like, you were either a Led Zeppelin fan or a Who fan. You could like both, but you liked one more than the other. And for me, in the era I grew up in, it was either you liked Iron Maiden or you liked Judas Priest. You liked both, but you liked one more than the other. And I was always the Iron Maiden guy versus Judas Priest. But Screaming for Vengeance was an album that I must have played. Oh, God, I can't even tell you how many times I played that record. Defenders of the Faith, I played that record a ton, too. Like, you, they got to go in. They have to go in. And here's the big one. I think. Rage Against the Machine. And I will admit that I was a little late to the rage party. Like when that stuff was coming out, and I was still pretty young back then, 93, 92-ish, just getting out of high school there, 94 is when I graduated, that a lot of my buddies were into that stuff already, and I was just kind of like, Zach just kind of annoyed me, and I was like, you know what, I don't want political messages in my music. It's why, I dude, I was late on U2 as well. But they are so good, dude. Like, having grown a little, like, I can appreciate and seeing, I saw them with the Beastie Boys, and that's really what turned me into, like, a, a hardcore fan. But, like, do this, Sleep Now in the Fire, Bulls on Parade. I mean, dude, they, dude, that's a band that needs to get back together, right? Like, I know they were doing that Prophets of Rage thing, and actually, I worked that show at the Agora, and it was awesome. It was, it was awesome. But given the political climate today, how is Rage Against the Machine not going, you know what, we're leaving a lot of money on the table here. You would think so. Zach De La Roche is still making music. Um, he's just yeah, doing we had that song, actually. He's just doing it in a very quiet way. He's not, I mean, he'll do like guest stuff with people. Um, he'll be co-writer on stuff. Like he'll Probably be, producing a he'll lot. He'll be producing and stuff. Yeah. and stuff like that. And I mean, I guess, dude, if that's the life you want to live, that's the life you've decided to live. But um, I would certainly say a Rage Against the Machine reunion tour would go pretty well. Oh, God, yeah. I would definitely go to that. As a guy who's seen him a couple of times, they weren't my favorite, but they, I mean, there's no denying how good they were. What's your favorite Rage song ever? I mean, if we're going through it, I, I think that, I mean, the, the singles are probably where you're going to go. I love Testify. Bulls on Parade is obviously one of the greats for Testify a reason. Testify is good. Um, uh, Down Rodeo was a really good song. Yeah, um, good. I don't know if I, I don't know if I could just pick one where it's like, I mean, Gorilla Radio, and at first, I don't want to say those songs didn't get burnt on the radio, but they got played heavily, and they're still staples of the format, and I'm still not sick of them. I feel like Rage Against the Machine still sounds new, still sounds Timeless. fresh, still sounds yeah. exciting. Well, because it's real. 
It's, it's not like fabricated. It's real aggression about real things, and I think that that stuff holds up over time. I recently said this about System of a Down online, but it applies to Rage Against the Machine as well. Um, when I was younger, I don't think I necessarily picked up on a lot of what was being said, on a lot of what the messaging was. No, they were a just angry, of, and you were right, too. And I was like, yeah, dude, yeah. bulls are upright. I'm a bull. And it's like, no, dude, that's not what it meant at all. Uh, but as I've grown up, I've certainly, I loved them back then, and I've grown to appreciate them more now. This is their first year being nominated, so I would assume they're probably not going to get in. Oh, you don't think Rage is a first balloter? I do, but I don't think everyone else does. Okay. All right. I do. I do, but I don't think everyone else does. I wonder if they get in. You've got the fifth appearance on the on the ballot for Jay Giles, so if you haven't made it in five, this is probably your last shot. This is the fourth attempt by LL Cool J, the third for The Cars, the MC5, and the second for Bon Jovi, Depeche Mode. I think The Cars probably get in. I think Bon Jovi's definitely going to get in. They may hold off. Another year. You're, you're only going to hold off. Uh, on, there's two people who are nominated for the first time, and that includes. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Three. Well, you got Judas Priest, Radiohead, Rage Against the Machine. Only and, one of them is getting in this year. Right. And it's probably going to be Judas Priest, right? Yeah, older. Um, considered to be like rock and roll, metal, that whole thing. And I think that the, the Rock Hall's probably got enough bunny ears. To hear people's complaints about you know some of the bands that they put in versus don't, um, yeah, I, I would probably put Judas Priest in before before the Cars. But Rage is so good to me. That's a first. I mean, as an again, not the biggest fan in the world, but to me, they just sound like a first ballot Hall, Hall of Fame band. And if I was going to pick. Probably Sleep Now in the Fire is probably my favorite Rage song. I don't know what it is about that song. I just have always really liked Sleep Now in the Fire. Yeah. It's opening dude. riff. Tom Morello is such a good guitar player, dude. I mean, I know he's credited, but I but really do think he's still underrated. He, I was going to say, he's one of those guys I think gets a ton of attention, but he still may be even underrated. There's a great photo that circulates online of him standing watching a very early Tool concert at some like venue where there's like 10 people in it and Tom Morello is one of the one of the people in the front out you know watching a Tool show back before anybody knew either one of those bands and it was just kind of cool it's like yeah see back in the day bands would support one another they'd kind of like go and see one another and help build their own scene and as a guy who works at a rock club let me tell you the rock scene eats its own now all they do is sit on Twitter and bash each other instead of trying to like build it up and make everybody who come want to come to shows. That's where the juggalos get it right. That's where they get that right. Everything else they get wrong. A lot. That's where they get a lot. Right. Cam Newton got himself in trouble at a press conference yesterday. We have that audio and we have WWE tickets. Stick around, you'll get both next on Rock 1069. Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. This Sunday, you can catch Fantone as he'll be at the TD's Tailgate Grill, Lake Cable, Jackson location, watching the Browns game with you, 1230 to 230. Get you hooked up with a Bud Light pint glass for just two bucks. Buy the pint. Get to keep the glass. And the good news about, you know, if you come watch the Browns game at TD's, there's like 8 million TVs in there, and they're not all on the Browns game. They understand. They've got the NFL ticket. They know you don't want to watch that travesty out there. So you can watch one of the other many games in the NFL this weekend. Don't worry. They'll change the channel during the anthem for you. (laughs) So like, like, if you're all angry about it, 
They'll change the channel there. But yeah, they do have NFL Sunday ticket. You can watch every game, every single down, every piece of action at TD's Tailgate Grill. Their Lake Cable Jackson location, Phantom, will be out there this Sunday from 1230 to 230. It's awesome, too. I mean, the food's great at TD's. There's great drink specials as well. Tiki steak masher. Um, but there's just something good about watching football with other people. I agree. I love, like, there's something about that I like. And yeah. I don't know why, because I really don't like people. But, like, there's something. <laughs> I don't. I'm not a big fan. But, like, there's something about. When your team scores and you got other people to like, you know, like high five with and this and that, I do. I, I I'm a big fan of watching football with other people. I like that a lot. Uh, Patriots v Buccaneers tonight, and I know it's a little early, but I'm sure uh, some point tomorrow, Stansbury will have his Stansbury pick of the week. You know, let's take a look, shall we? Yeah, uh, stuff. Before we pass out these WWE tickets, also the, I got a piece of Cam uh, Cam Newton audio. I want people to hear. We'll get into that here momentarily. Let's take a look and see if we can pull up the old betting machine. See what he likes. Nothing looks great so far. Uh, Tampa Bay's getting five and a half at home tonight. New England's just too up and down right now. I don't know what to do there. Five and a half, I don't feel like is enough for New England. The Browns is a pick em game. Yeah. Don't like it. Yeah. Don't like it at all. Wouldn't like that myself. Um, Let me see here. Oh, my God. Jacksonville getting eight at Pittsburgh. Uh, all right. I, again, I'm going to stick with Green Bay at Dallas. Aaron Rodgers getting two. Okay. I, I it, it burned me once already this season, but I have a system where if you give me Aaron Rodgers and you give me points, I like my chances with Aaron Rodgers and points. I think he's the best quarterback in the league. I think he's the best quarterback in the league by a mile. I think Tom Brady's probably the most accomplished and the best quarterback we've seen, but right now Brady I, is starting to look his age at least a little. I know he had one big game there or whatever, but I think Aaron Rodgers is clearly the most talented NFL quarterback we have right now. So if you give me him and points, I want Aaron Rodgers and points. Speaking of another quarterback that I have not been high on and that I felt like was going to be a bust, and actually outside of one outlier year in the NFL, I've been kind of right on him. He's not that great, is Cam Newton. And yesterday he was being asked a question by a female reporter, and this happened. I know you take a lot of pride in seeing your receivers play well. Devin Funches has seemed to really embrace the physicality of his routes and, and making getting those extra yards. Does that give you a little bit of an enjoyment to see him kind of truck sticking people out there? It's funny to hear a female talk about routes. Like it's funny. But uh fun is coming along, man. We're gonna we're gonna this is a big game for him because of you know, him being from Detroit. And um... So Cam Newton basically responds to her and says, it's funny to hear a female ask me about routes. Now, Cam, this is your sixth year in the, the NFL? Yeah, I mean, he's not he's his first year. This is your sixth year in the NFL. Is this the first time a female reporter's asked you about a route? Like, I find that hard to believe. In six years, 16 games a year. And she asked the question... Right. You know what I'm saying? It's Perfectly. Like, it's not like she was like, oh my gosh, pumpkin spice lattes and going to Target. No, she actually know. she actually gets into the route, the physicality of running the route and running it properly. She, Yeah, no, she's informed asking the question and he dismissed. Like, I hate when people bring race or sex into a situation when they don't have to. But honestly, this was a little sexist. I don't this, think it's denied. This deny it. was a little dismissive on his part. You can kind of hear it in his voice, and I'm going to assume here 
because not all reporters are television reporters, but I'm going to assume that she was a television reporter, and I'm going to assume that she was attractive. And I think you could almost hear in his voice a little bit like, yo, bitch, you shouldn't be asking me about rots. You should be asking my, you know, like, I, that's kind of what oh, you it think? like to me. Just, I mean, just listen. Let me hear it again. I know you take a lot of pride in seeing your receivers play well. Devin Funches has seemed to really embrace she sounds the physicality like she could be of his routes and, and making getting those extra yards. Does that give you a little bit of an enjoyment to see him kind of truck sticking people out there? It's funny to hear a female talk about routes. Like, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, there might be a little of that in there. Felt like a little bit of that. Yeah. Now, dude, Cam's got to be careful here. Like I said, dude, you're six years in. It's not like it's your first year and you, like, messed up, even still. Right. Even in college. Right, 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 Dude, a female reporter has asked you questions about the game. I mean, dude, you played at Auburn. It's not like... He was in the middle of nowhere, so... And it's not like it's 1983 and, like, the women is... <laughs> this is their first time in the locker room. Like, Doris Burke is, like, the, right, like the groundbreaking right, person. Right, right, exactly. This has been happening your entire career and prior to your career. When you were watching NFL, you know, games as a kid, you were seeing female reporters. What, what are you talking I mean, about, what's bro? It, the, like, Pam, what's her name from Fox? I mean, she's been out there forever. Forever. With the, with the helmet hair. She's been out there forever. Like he's got to like this is this is bad. Like this is I mean it it's bad. Like this guy is constantly under fire and he should be for for putting more effort into his post-game clothing than he does to his on-field play. I mean he I mean I know he beat the Patriots had a pretty good day that day, but like dude Cam is what Cam is. He had one great year and everybody was like, "No, he's the greatest." And the media of course cuz he's a black quarterback, it's like you have to admit he's the greatest or you're a racist. That was like the thing. And it's like, "No, dude, the guy had one breakout year. Every other year, he is who he is. Look at his numbers. He is who he is." This is a bad look for Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. Carolina 3 and 1 right now. I mean, obviously he's having a, a better of, year than he did last well, year. There's lot, no doubt. A lot of football left to play, so you can't oh, yeah. put it on that. Um but regardless, I mean, whether you're the backup in this position, whether you're the receiver, whether you're the star quarterback, and it's harder when you're the star quarterback, but, like, bro, this this isn't new ground we're breaking here. You no. should be able to be asked the question That's one of those things that you could say in a conversation of a group of friends. Like, if like if one of your buddies brings a wife over, and you didn't expect her to be knowledgeable about football, right. and then you're at a dinner party, be like, oh, dude, that's kind of weird to have. I, I didn't expect that. But a reporter, that's her job. Like, she... It, like, what'd you think they sent her in there for? That's a mistake on Cam Newton's part. And yes, I like highlighting those because I'm a little anti-Cam. I do. He's strong, big, good-looking kid. But I think he's overrated as a quarterback. Half thought he's gonna has been overrated as a quarterback for a while. So yeah, I like I like shining a light on that. We do have a four-pack of WWE tickets. Fantos WWE erection has been <laughs> oh, huge. It's been huge for like a week. It's a little disturbing, actually. I can't wait to get rid of these tickets and get rid of that <laughs> as well. We'll take caller 25, 1-800-243-7625 and start the final hour of the program next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. I Swing a line drive, base hit down the left field line. It'll head toward the corner. Lindor hits third. He'll try to score. Lindor's coming home. It's a game-winning double. Michael Brantley has come through. And welcome back, 
number 23. Welcome back indeed. October baseball underway for your Cleveland Indians tonight. They take on the New York Yankees ALDS game number one there. You hear Tom Hamilton screaming his head off about Michael Brantley. I know there's still still some confusion about what his role is going to be. Um, He is on the active roster. Um, I don't know what capacity that's going to be necessarily outside of pinch hitting due to his ankle injury. Right. And he is the reason why the Indians are rolling into the postseason with only 11 pitchers as opposed to 12. And... I guess you can debate on whether that's a good idea or not, but much like I said about Trevor Bauer earlier in the show, I got faith in Tito, and if that's what he thinks and that's what he thinks his team needs, got to roll with him. Yeah, so far, I'm just going to let Tito do his thing. You know what I mean? It it seems like he knows what he's doing. Seems like he's pretty good there. There's also up uh, online for you right now at WRQK.com is the 2017 Indians hype video. Yeah, dude, it, uh, as a guy who's just like so-so on like regular season baseball, this did. I watched this during the break, and it did. It got me all hyped up, and uh, I love October baseball. There's any sport. You get me to the playoffs of it, and I want to see it all. I don't know what that's about. I don't know why. I think it's because every game kind of really matters at that point. Baseball can be a little long for me during the season, 162 games. A lot to pay attention to, a lot of teams, a lot, a lot of games. But that video is up for you right now. I was asked this question because we were talking earlier this morning about the 2018 Rock Hall okay. nominees. Okay. And Judas Priest is on that list. And so a guy asked me via Twitter, he said, yo, man, what do you think they're going to do with Judas Priest? Do you think Tim Ripper Owens gets in? Oh. And, you know, Tim Ripper Owens, obviously from Akron. Didn't uh, even think of that. And I don't think so. I don't think that's the way it, it, it'll go. I think... Judas Priest is one of those things where I mean Tim was behind I mean dude he was he fronted that band for a while you know but I think when people think about it they don't think about that era of Judas Priest and just as a personal side note I really enjoyed Tim's iced earth work more than I did the Judas Priest stuff yeah I don't think anybody in their mind when you hear Judas Priest is like oh Tim Rebrowens I'm not trying to slight the guy because no not did. at all he was a part of it for quite a while there um and what but, a story that is I mean but, he got the front like his favorite band but when it comes to when Judas Priest actually was making its name when they were actually selling a bunch of records when they were at the height of their popularity now there are bands that do this like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers as a matter of fact did this with their bassist like they they kind of like had one guy play one song and another guy play the other and they included everybody um I think that's the history of the band. I think that there was some ill will between Rob Halford and the rest of the band when they replaced him. And I'm guessing Rob probably does not want to see that happen if they get if they get in. I don't know that. I don't know it for sure. But my guess is Tim River Owens would not be part of that. But I don't know that. And like I said, I always enjoyed his Ice Earth stuff. If you're a fan of that kind of music, check that stuff out. It was damn good. Tim can sing for sure. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Tomorrow on the program, 9 o'clock, we'll be joined by a good buddy of ours, Canton Police Officer Lamar Sharp. Oh, I didn't know about that. That's good news, buddy. Yeah, Lamar Sharp reached out the other day. was like, yo, man, um, I got a couple of things I want to talk about. Is there, okay. any, is there any chance I could stop by Friday at 9? I said, absolutely. Yeah, we and, don't want to do our jobs, bro. Um, Come on in. One of the things I want to talk to him about is a Canton City police officer had to have a dose of naloxone early Wednesday after he exposed to what they say was likely heroin after um, apprehending a criminal suspect. Or uh, at around uh, Lawrence Road Northeast. This is terrible. And I mean, just absolutely terrible for me to say. But I'm sure 
they were grateful that it was just heroin, that it wasn't fentanyl, and worse, that it wasn't car fentanyl. Yeah. And God, dude, how bad uh, is, of times are we living in when I'm saying, well, it was only heroin. <laughs> it was only heroin. I mean, heroin used to be the finish line. Jeez. The suspect, 32-year-old man, wanted on misdemeanor domestic violence charges. He had what police described in a statement as an unknown powdered substance on his clothing. And so they struggled with him to remove the man from a, a motor vehicle. One of the police officers then became exposed to the substance, began showing effects of it. He okay. went down, went down on the ground. Ugh. Sergeant Eric Vanover said he didn't go totally uncon- you know, unconscious there. He says, with the assistance of a partner, the police officer self-administered naloxone, which is also known as Narcan. So right. essentially that's the, you know, that's the long-term name for that. Uh, we think that during the traffic stop, the driver started to get rid of it. Vanover said, "I think he was trying to dump it into the car." Which I, why they're going to find it in the car just yeah. goes to show you the drug-addled brain. You know, the police officer and his partner were taken to Mercy Medical Center for evaluation. Both are in good condition Wednesday night. The suspect, whose address is in the northeast section, also was transported to Mercy as well. Additional criminal charges are pending against him, and for sure, yeah, you put an officer's life in danger by exposing them to drugs. They're going to stack the charges, one hundred percent, as they and should, should, dude. I mean, that's 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 perfectly appropriate, dude. Stack that, stack him on, throw that guy in the in the prison. Yeah, um, you know, especially if he was hitting his wife. I think Narcan has become a very hot topic item for a lot of people, especially in Canton, as we sit in the middle of Ohio and the and the, the heroin epidemic, the opioid epidemic. Um, a lot of things can be said, and I think there's valid points on both sides. You see a commercial right now on TV where they've got some EMT talking about this makes my job doable. Like I can save people's lives and that's what I'm trying to do, you know, and they're trying to convince people, you know, Narcan is a good thing. Um, We've seen police officers in the past and police chiefs say, oh, we're not going to carry it because, you know, addicts don't deserve to come back or whatever. And it's like, well... Thank God these Canton cops had that on them. No matter whose life it was, but this time it was saving an officer's life. Yeah, we have things that we allow law enforcement to have that we don't give to the general public, though. And Narcan, honestly, dude, I'm hesitant on it. And as a matter of fact, there was a story, and I didn't do it this week because I didn't want to talk about it, but where they had to revive a guy 19 times with Narcan. Like, at some point, dude, just stop. Just stop. Well, at some point, why aren't you in jail? Like, I think that's more of a, a... But when it comes to, like, having it on a first responder... I'm for that, but to protect them, should, I am for that. Should should you not be allowed to use it on a citizen? Like you can only use it. I, look, I, I don't want to revive the same dude 19 times. Is what I don't want. At some point, it is a little personal, dude. We, this is what America does. They did this with Vegas. They're looking to blame Vegas on something else because we take. This is what America does. We take the personal liability out and we look for the thing. Well, no, it's not the human. It's this thing that does it, and that does kind of bother me. I am for Narcan. I believe it can be a helpful tool for us. But if you have to revive the same person 19 times, bro, they're telling you who they are. They don't care about being saved. They just don't. That's the reality of that. And again, people get really angry when I say this, but here's the math. One out of eight people who try to get sober, stay sober. The odds are set. Dude, it's a 92% failure rate at trying to get sober. That's what it is. I mean, it is the numbers are not good. It's like being strapped to a bomb. Sooner or later, that bomb is going off. Jim Carrey has released some information about what it was like to film that Batman movie that nobody liked. That information was a little surprising to me. We'll tell you what that is next on Rock 106. Rock 1069. And welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 1069. We still have a pair of tickets for the Haunted Laboratory. We'll pass those out at the end of the program. 1 800 243 7625, the number you need on them. 
Halloween season is right around the corner. I already, yeah. you know, I saw the list today, actually. The 50 stores that are closed for Thanksgiving. And I, like, it was in the rundown today, and I bumped it for something else because I was like, you know what? I still have a month on this. Yeah, a little bit of time left on I got, I got a month on this. People will have plenty of time to be outraged. Don't worry. Yeah, we might do that twice before. <laughs> might have to. Might have to. <laughs> before Thanksgiving happens. Absolutely. Fantone and I are both really big Batman fans. Yeah. And I think we could both agree that the Batman Forever was probably like the least entertaining movie out of that whole no, system. No, 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 no. It's the fourth one that sucks the worst. Oh, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin's the worst. Yeah. I, I, people hate on Batman Forever. I don't, dude. I like that movie. I thought that one was pretty good. The one with Jim Carrey as the Riddler? Correct, and with uh, J- with uh, Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones, and it was who was Val Kilmer was the uh, was the Batman there. And oh, I did, yeah, I didn't like that one. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, honestly, like it was Joel Schumacher, right? It was, it was so different, and I think a big part of the reason why is like it wasn't presented as a reboot. It was kind of like, hey, remember Batman one and two that Tim Burton did, and we're all dark and different. And then like the third one came out, and it was a comic book come to life. And I think that's what made a lot of people go like, well, Ugh. he he did make Gotham City look like Vegas. And that's not the way Gotham really. I mean, it was all like lit and like all that stuff. And Gotham was always like gray, gloomy, rain, tall buildings. It wasn't necessarily, but he he did. He made he put shine all over that movie. I mean, Batman. You know, there's there's been a ton of different interpretations of the character and interpretations of the. Sure, you know, I just didn't care for it. Yeah, and I mean, like you know, fine, fair enough. It's just I just feel like that movie gets beat up a lot where it's not necessarily fair. I mean, it was better than Batman and Robin, where yeah. like George Clooney was asked once. What was it like to play Batman? And his answer was, I was never in a Batman movie. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, he won't even acknowledge it. That was the one with Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy, and, like, they had some, like, bunk-ass Bane in that. And that one was bad. That one was just poorly made. But I feel like the third one was all right. Yeah, I didn't really care for that one either. But Jim Carrey's now coming out and saying that he had some issues, or rather that Tommy Lee Jones had some issues with him. Okay. Jim Carrey is revealing that Tommy Lee Jones hated him. And so did the creator of Bugs Bunny for some reason. Okay. <laughs> so he sat down with Norm MacDonald the other day, and he discussed encountering Jones at a restaurant before they had to do like a big scene in the Batman Forever flick, right? Right. And so he says, you know, I went over. I wanted to say hello. So I went over and said, hey, Tommy, how are you doing? And he said, you could see the blood drain from his face like he had been thinking about him for 24 hours a day. He says the blood just came from his face. He started shaking, and he got up, and he must have been in mid-kill-me fantasy or something, Carrie says. And he says, he went to hug me and said, I hate you. I really don't like you. I said, gee, man, what's the problem? I pulled up a chair, he said, which wasn't smart. And he said, I cannot sanction your buffoonery. Wow. That's, I mean, that's pretty... It's pretty harsh, right? I don't know, dude. You got to remember at this time when this movie was coming out, I mean, uh, Jim Carrey at that point was known best as a buffoon. I Still. Mean, Ace Ventura and, 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 and those, you know, the mask movies, and those were probably a little bit below Tommy Lee Jones. Now, really, the point you could make about all this is that Jim Carrey was probably a personification of all the reasons Tommy Lee Jones was pissed he was doing that movie. He's probably, dude, what the hell am I doing with this? I'm Tommy Lee effing Jones, and here I am in this in this crap Batman movie. I would agree. You know what I'm saying? Like, where at least with Danny DeVito in the second one, it was like, dude, no, there's still art to this. This is still a Tim Burton It's film. Tim Burton, right, right. Where that probably felt very like, oh my God, I signed on this for a contract, and now all of a sudden I'm going to be stuck to this a-hole for the rest of forever. And this. the first Batman movie that Burton did blew up, so you think maybe the second 
second one, maybe there's some there, there's still some credibility here. Where now, honestly, Batman Forever is just like, all right, let's go back to the bank again. And so there was probably some of that too. But I I'm on the side of Tommy Lee Jones here. I think Jim Carrey. Now I want to state this perfectly. I think Jim Carrey's funny. Like I think he's a funny person. Like when I watch him do interviews, he's funny. He can make you laugh. But I don't enjoy much of his films. Um, like I hate Ace Ventura. Hate those movies. I, I like them. I mean, I'm not like, and I think more than anything, that's probably nostalgia for me. Where it's like, dude, I remember this when I was ten. The Mask was a piss poor movie. Um, but if, if nothing else, I'm sure that Tommy Lee Jones kind of looked at this, and you know. I guess you have to factor in that it's not just like his movies. It's like you're dealing with him on a regular basis. And I could see how Jim Carrey could be like terribly annoying in real life. Oh, dude, to have to stand next. Yeah, because again, I find him. I know he's funny, but I hate him. Right. Like like, Tommy Lee Jones isn't looking at this from the from the point of like, oh, you've been in funny movies. I bet you're going to be funny in this. He's thinking like, dude, I've got to deal with you every day for the next 14 hours shoot days. Right. right, Trying to get two scenes done. Right. And I'm just trying to get to, to get back actually making movies and, and here you are acting talking Jim, out of your butt Jim Carrey's very much like Robin Williams where there's no off button on him where Robin Williams I, I'm sorry I know he died and all that but dude Rob if you spent five hours with Robin Williams you'd want to kill him um like he'd be funny for an hour and then after that it'd be like oh my god where's the off button on this idiot I think uh I, I think Jim Carrey also as he's gotten older he's become considerably more serious and he's tried to talk you know speak about different issues and I think he's kind of gotten I mean, he's 55. Like, he says inflammatory things now, and I feel like that's trying to remain relevant. Like, he's, you know, he's always weighing in on things and always like, oh, you know, gun control and, oh, abortion and, oh, autism and all these different things that he tries to present himself as an expert on. Wasn't he an anti-vaxxer? Jenny McCarthy was, so I don't know if he got lumped in with that because of her. Oh, I wonder about that, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's an anti-vaxxer. But he's trying to remain relevant, and a big part of that is saying, like, all right, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones sucks, sure. Did Tommy Lee Jones, is he alive? Yeah, he's alive. I was going to say, goodness. maybe that was it. Maybe it's like the guy's dead, so there's no, like, you know what I mean? There's no harm, no foul here. Um, I mean, dude, Tommy Lee Jones got to be 80. You know, dude, for sure, but I think he's still alive, yeah. I I, I have no idea, but I, I could easily see getting fed up with Jim Carrey while filming a movie with him. I mean, dude, after 20 minutes of watching him in a movie, I'm like, oh my God, this is enough of this. We have Haunted Laboratory tickets. Get hooked up next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here. When you're talking firearms, you know what you want? Knowledge, safety, and training. That's right. And you can find it all at Great American Shooting Sports in North Can. Find Great American Shooting Sports state-of-the-art indoor gun ranges at 6505 Promler Street Northwest, right across Interstate 77 from the Strip. You can stay up to date at Facebook and Instagram or find more info at GreatAmericanShootingSports.com. I will tell you, they're offering you beginner firearm safety classes, concealed carry classes, and advanced tactical classes, and the best apparel by 511. Check out more at GreatAmericanShootingSports.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. It's been uh, announced this morning that Stephen Paddock, the Las Vegas mass shooter, now it's come out that he had also rented a room in Chicago overlooking Lollapalooza. Like, this had been a plan in the works for a while now. I mean, he executed it pretty well, and I don't mean to have a pun on, on, on the term there, but he, he, he knew what he was doing, and obviously he planned this out and, and put thought into it and probably did dry runs, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, when I'm in this situation, what am I going to do? And I, Response times to hotels and stuff like that, maybe. Right. Yeah, who knows? That's a uh, 
it's a sick sad thing. There. But you can tell he was researching this pretty well. And I just, I guess I wish I knew what the motivation was. You know what I mean? Which I guess there isn't going to be any. I mean, it's just, you know, you're sick and depraved. And so, like, your brain tells you to do things that aren't right. Yeah, I mean. I, I mean, I'm just assuming. I mean, I can't think of what any other motivation there would be. I mean. Uh, terrorism, hate crimes, and random acts of violence are three different things. So it is important that we know what happened there. But you're right in the sense of, like, it almost doesn't matter at this point. They're all under the evil umbrella to right, me. You right. know what I mean? And so that's just kind of how I look at it. Right. But. <clears throat> Not that I'm right. That's the way I view it. Coming up on tomorrow's program, 9 o'clock, we'll talk to Canton Police Officer Lamar Sharp, friend of the program. He'll be in studio with us, talk uh, about some things happening. You know what I want to ask him about? What is that? Is what happened over at the McKinley Monument. Hell yeah. Where like those like those gates have been like ripped off the windows or whatever it is Punk over there. Asses. Yeah, I'm sure it's kids like just I screwing hope. around, not realizing the severity of their actions, I would think. Uh, I don't know if those things are worth money that got ripped off there. I mean, that's one, one of the things I want to talk to Lamar about. Find that out. Let's get you guys hooked up with these Haunted Laboratory tickets. We'll take all our 10, 1-800-243-7625 on those. Aside from that, done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day. See you. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9.